We definitely want to be praying this morning for uh, the situation on the East Coast. Of course, all of you know that Hurricane Sandy hit hard a week ago. And uh, we just need to hold that group of people up. We're going to be sending a special offering to them this week. And I think in the second service, we're going to go ahead and, and receive uh, a generosity offering uh, for the people that are battling those, those storms out there. You know, the storm hit, but the storm continues for a lot of people. And even though we're out here on the West Coast, they're part of the same nation we are. Amen? And uh, so let's pray for them right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And we lift our voice in one accord. And we stand, Lord, in faith. And we stand in prayer for those that have been absolutely devastated by the storm. We pray that you would stretch forth your hand and bring deliverance and bring freedom and bring liberty into their souls. We pray that their emotions would be lifted today in the name of Jesus. And for those that have suffered great loss, we look to you, Lord God. You are the greater one. You're greater than any storm we face. You're greater than all. My Father is greater than all. Just go ahead and pray in English or pray in the Spirit for a few moments this morning. We lift them up before your throne today. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, thank you for anointing the people, Lord God, that are on the ground there to bring hope and to bring a life and to bring a word of encouragement in this season. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray and we thank you, Lord God, for it. Amen. And amen. I think what we'll do at the end of the service is we'll just put some buckets up here in the front. And if you feel led of the Lord to write out a check to HBCC or just put in a cash offering, we'll include that with what we were going to do. We're going to do at least $1,000 from the church, and we'd love to do more. Amen? And uh, also, how many of you know that Tuesday is Election Day? Okay. All right. And so I want to encourage you as your pastor to get out there and vote. You know, if you don't vote and the person that you wanted to win doesn't win, well, you know, you didn't do your part. And so I believe it's our responsibilities as Americans to do our part and get out there and vote. Amen. You need to value your vote. Your vote is a very precious thing. And then vote your values. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Let's open our Bibles this morning to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, and you know, we're, we're talking about the authority of the believer. We have been authorized by the head of the church to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt us. Amen? So we're, we're, we're camping out now for a little while on taking our God-given authority over fear. Because you see, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. And fear should not be tolerated on any level. If you tolerate fear, then your faith will be contaminated. Amen. In Psalm 34, the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise is going to continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Amen. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Not the difficulty. Not the debt, 
not the relational problem, but magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Amen. Now notice with me in verse four, he said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. He didn't say 75% of my fears, but he said he has delivered me from all of my fears. Phobias of any kind must dissipate in the presence of the Lord. Fear is not natural to the born again believer. You have been delivered from the fear of death. All fears are rooted in and have their origination in the fear of death. Amen. So all phobias and all fears have to go when you seek the Lord and you put him first place in your life. No fear. No fear of the present age. No fear of the future. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Wherewithal shall I be clothed? Where am I going to live? We should be living in a no fear zone, putting our trust in the Lord, our God, knowing that he is with us. He is for us and he is in us and he's gone before us and making a way where there is no way. Amen. Amen. Now, turn with me over to Job chapter 42. And I want you to notice uh, verse 10. You know, the book of Job has kind of uh, been misinterpreted and people talk about all the trouble and all the tragedy that uh, Job faced, and he did, and we'll look at why he did. But I think we fail to remember in Job 42.10 that the end of Job was twice as good as the beginning. I believe in the double blessing, you? Let's read verse 10 together. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. He was doubly blessed. Now, he went through some serious serious trials and some serious tests. But the trials and the tests that Job went through, actually, he brought on himself by yielding to acting upon and speaking forth his fears. This is a principle here that we need to get a hold of. Look at Job 3 verse 25. Why did he face so much tragedy? Why did he face so much destruction? Well, the reason why he experienced so much of that is right here in verse 25. He said, for the thing which I greatly feared. Notice he didn't say I just feared a little bit. But there was great fear in my life. And it says, it's come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. So we see here that Job opened the door. One translation says, the thing which I greatly dreaded came upon me. There's a principle here. Fear opens the door to the destroyer. Fear attracts destruction. Fear is a perversion of faith. Now let's talk about faith for a moment. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when you get in the word of God, you become persuaded of something that is true. 
And when you are persuaded of something that is true, then you begin to expect that which is true to come to pass in your life. Amen. And so we understand there that when people listen to the lies of the enemy and worry and meditate upon things that could go wrong and might go wrong, they become persuaded of that. And as a result of being persuaded of their fears, they start expecting those fears to come to pass in their lives, even though those fears haven't even begun to manifest themselves. You see, when a person is fully persuaded in faith, they're expecting God to show up and show out in their life. But when a person is fully persuaded in fear, they're persuaded that the enemy is able to do something in their lives. Faith in God is faith in his ability to work on your behalf. Amen? Great expectancy is what you and I should be operating in. Fully persuaded of a promise and looking with an outstretched neck and looking with great confident expectation for the body to change, the finances to come in, the child to be born again, the promotion to take place, the raise to occur, the house to sell, whatever you're believing for, faith always expects God's best and it draws the Word of God and the power of God to your life. Amen. Amen. Just like faith then gives God a legal right to move on your behalf, fear gives the enemy a legal right to move against you. Job said, the thing that I greatly feared. You see, fear is measurable just like faith is measurable. You know, Jesus spoke of little faith. He spoke of shipwrecked faith. But he all spoke, also spoke of great faith. I believe this, that if what you fear greatly can come upon you, what you believe and what you trust in God can also greatly come into your life. Amen? So faith then receives the life that is from God. Now in Proverbs one twenty seven. We see this principle over again, and the whole context of that is something that you should read. But the summation of Proverbs one twenty seven says that when your fear comes as desolation and your destruction comes as a whirlwind. Notice this with me, that fear always will draw destruction. Like faith draws blessing, fear draws destruction. When you understand this in your life, then you become intolerant of fears. I sought the Lord, and what did he do? He heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. Now the media, how many of you know that the media is not designed for the most part to put faith in you? Unless you watch, you know, certain Christian uh, stations... The media is sowing seeds of fear. And the media through television is literally telling a vision. They say things like, well, you know, this happens to five out of ten. This disease happens to 
8 out of 10. And you just never know, it could happen to you. The response to that vision is, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. No evil is going to befall me. Neither is any plague going to come nigh my dwelling. Not here, not ever, not in this place, not in this body, not in this bank account. A thousand may fall at my side. Ten thousand may fall at my right hand. But it will not come near me. You've got to answer the visions that the enemy brings to your soul with the vision that God's got for you. Amen? Well, you never know. You might just die young. No, God's vision is with long life. With long life. Not with wrong life, with long life. Let's try that on for size right now. Say it with me. With long life, God will satisfy me. And He is showing me His salvation. I will live long. I will live strong. Because every organ and every tissue of my body functions in the perfection that God created it to function. Any disease, germ or virus that touches my body dies instantly in the name of Jesus. I will live long. I will live strong. I will finish my course. I will run my race with strength and with power and with glory. Hallelujah. Now say this body, I speak the word of faith to you. And I command you, line up with the word of God. Sickness and disease, get out of here. Fear, get out of here. Let's shout together. Amen. So slam that door shut, mash that stinking devil's nose just like that. Amen. Look with me at Luke chapter 8, if you would. Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 39. While he yet spoke, there came one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Don't trouble the master any further. And so we see here that... uh, His faith was challenged. He came to Jesus and asked him to go minister to his daughter that was sick. On the way to Jairus' house, they discovered that she was dead and they sent a messenger. You know, Satan will always send somebody a messenger to discourage you. But thank God you don't have to be discouraged. Notice what Jesus said, and this is a principle of life for you and for me. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, fear not, only believe. Fear not, believe only. And she shall be made whole. Now you've got to know this, that fear was absolutely gripping his heart. But Jesus in the midst of fear said, now Jairus, you started right. Stay in the faith zone. Reject the fear and continue to believe me and everything will be all right. 
You know, our lives would be so much better if we just do that. If we just stay in the faith zone and when fear comes knocking on our door, we stay in faith. Amen. We reject the fear. We resist the fear and we stay in faith. And as a result, everything's going to be all right. See, my Bible says whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. You see, we're not talking about faith in our faith, but we're talking about faith in a faithful God. We're talking about having confidence in the God who said, let there be light. We're talking about confidence in the God that raised Jesus from the dead. We're talking about confidence in him, faith in him. Look at your neighbor and say, stay in faith. Fear not. Continue to believe in everything going to be all right. You know, everything's going to be all right with the United States of America. I say everything's going to be all right. Revival, hallelujah, is here. It's going to get greater. It's going to get better. Everything's going to be all right. Verse 51, and when he came to the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her, but he said, don't weep, she's not dead but sleepeth. Now here's what Jesus is doing. He's modeling something here for us. He's calling those things which be not as though they were. And they laughed him to scorn. And when you're known as one of those faith bunch, they may laugh you to scorn. They may mock you. But let them laugh and let them scorn because not what they think and what they say matters in your life. It's what you believe and what you say that carries great weight in your life. Amen? So they laughed him to scorn knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out. You see, there's a time to put people out. It's not that you don't love people. But you just don't need the weight of their unbelief. Amen. And he put them all out and took her by the hand saying, uh, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again. And she arose straightway, right away, and commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Wow. Notice that the end result occurred as long as Jairus feared not and believed only, everything was going to be all right with his daughter. You might have daughters, you might have sons. It doesn't look too good right now in their lives. Oh no, they're not lying on a bed dead, but they're acting like they're dead spiritually. Oh no, they're not being checked out of this world at this point, at this time, but they're acting like the world. They're living like the devil. You cannot afford to carry the weight of your loved ones on your shoulders. You've got to give all of your cares to the one who can handle your cares. Your body was not created to handle stress. Your body was not made to be a worrier. Amen? As a matter of fact, there was a study done over there at John Hopkins University years ago. And they found that worriers lived a lot less... Amen. Than people who didn't worry or people that didn't worry lived a lot longer than those who did worry. Don't be a worrier. Be a praiser. Don't be a worrier. Be a speaker of the word of God. And so if it looks bad, 
for your loved ones, if it looks bad for someone, don't be afraid. Believe only and everything is going to be all right. Now, a major key for us to overcoming the spirit of fear and keeping it under our feet is to arm ourselves with the word of God. And so let's look at a few scriptures that tell us about how you and I are not to be afraid. Over and over again in the word of God, you see the terms fear not. This is not a suggestion from the head of the church. This is a command from him. For example, look at Psalm 46, verse 1 and 2. Psalm 46, verse 1 and 2. I think I'll get down here now where I can see the whites of your eyes. Psalm 46, 1 and 2. God is my refuge. Now, it'll do you good to personalize the word. God is my refuge. He is my strength. He is a very present help in the midst of trouble. Now, trouble is going to come. But knowing that God is your refuge and that God is your strength and that he is your very present help will minimize absolutely remove what trouble can do to you. Notice with me in the next verse, verse 2. Therefore, I will not fear. Say that with me. Therefore, I will not fear. Let's say it this way. Because God is my refuge. Because He is my strength. Because He is my help. I will not fear. Though the earth be removed. And though the mountains will be carried into the midst of the sea. Amen. We will not fear. Look at Isaiah chapter 41. Notice with me in verse 10. Isaiah 41. You see, not fearing is a decision of my will. Amen? Not fearing is a decision of your will. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear thou not. Same thing Jesus told Jairus. Don't be afraid, Jairus. Don't be afraid, son. Don't be afraid, daughter. Why, Jesus? Why, God? Because I'm with you. I am. The great I am is with you. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I, the great I am, will strengthen you. I, the great I am, will help you. Yes, I, the great I am, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. I am is working for you and he's working for me. Now go over to Isaiah chapter 54. And notice with me in verse 14. So actively resist fear by arming yourself with the word of God. Take your authority over it. Walk on top of serpents and scorpions. Tread on the lion. Tread on the adder. Because God is on your side. And he's for you. And he's in you. Notice this in verse 14. Read it with me. Ready? Read. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Now stop and say this with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So he says, 
establish yourself in this revelation of righteousness. And as a result, you will be far from oppression. Why? Because you will not fear. And not only will you be far from oppression, but you will be far from terror or terrorism. For it shall not come near you. Now, one thing I know for sure is you and I do not have to be intimidated one bit or oppressed one bit by any kind of terror. Why? Because we're the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Listen, God has set before you and I a path of righteousness, a path of right standing with him. And in my pathway is life and there is no death. Now, you'll notice this morning that I'm having you confess and verbalize things that is coming out in the sermon. And there's a purpose for that. Because the Bible says you can have what you say. See, it doesn't really carry much weight. What I say about you, what you say about yourself is very important. Years ago, the Lord spoke to a brother in the Lord. and He says, I've told my people can have what they say, but they're saying what they have. Think about that. I've told my people they can have what they say, but they're saying what they have. As long as you're saying what you have, it doesn't change anything. Jesus wants you to call those things that be not as though they were. Now say this with me. In my pathway pathway is life. And there is no death. death. Oh, say a little stronger. In my pathway pathway is life. life. And there is no death. death. In my pathway, pathway there is life. life. And there is no death. One more time. In my pathway pathway is life. life. And there is no death. Say it again. In my pathway, pathway there is life. life. And there is no death. Faith is rising. That covers a lot right there. That covers terrorism. That covers accidents. That covers plane crashes. That covers nervous breakdowns. That covers cancer. That covers arthritis. That covers bursitis. That covers anything and everything that doesn't line up with life. There is a law that supersedes death. It is the law of the spirit of life and it's in Christ Jesus and it frees you and me from the law of sin and death. Now let's add that today. Say it with me. The law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. And so rise up, says the Lord, and expect life to attend your way. Rise up and expect the goodness of the Lord to go before you every day. Rise up and see things how I see them. I see you in life. I see you in love. I see you in joy. Rise up and be glad and rejoice. For in your pathway there is me and there is no death. Hallelujah. Now the Bible says... Uh, the death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
we have been given the choice to choose which words we will speak. Amen? We don't have a choice whether or not we're going to live by words or not. The only choice is, is whose words are we going to live by? You see, he's upholding all things by the word of his power or by the word of God. If he's upholding all things, this entire universe, by the word of his power, and you get on the word and believe the word and say what he said, you'll be guaranteed to be upheld. Isn't that awesome? I'm being upheld. He said over in Deuteronomy, he says, I've set before you life and death. Blessing or cursing. Therefore, choose life. You see, the words that you speak every day have a great impact on what happens in your life. Amen. I'm choosing to speak the word about the economy. I'm choosing to speak raises over the people of God in this place. I'm choosing to speak what God's word says in spite of contradictory circumstances. Amen? And my pathway is life. And there is no death. You see, the entrance of his word, what the entrance of his word does, it it gives you light. It opens the eyes of your understanding to where you, you can see now what God's word says about you. It's one thing to see it, and you need to see it, but it's another thing to say it. When you say it, it sets the landmarks for your life. Be a doer of the Word of God, not only by your actions, but by your sayings and by what you say about the Word concerning your situation. And any situation in life, you can find the answer right here. So whatever you're facing... Become familiar with the handbook, right? And simply believe it. And start saying what God's word has to say about you. So we can resist our fears. Not our fears. But we can resist the spirit of fear with our words. With our thoughts. With our prayers. And another way you can resist the spirit of fear is with your songs. Pastor Tom sang a new song last Sunday morning in the 11 a.m. service. It was a powerful song. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and said, For every battle you face, I have a new song for you. Isn't that powerful? For every battle that we face, God's got a new song. So lift up your voice and sing unto the Lord a new song. Lift up your voice and rejoice in the Lord your God always, and God will arise in the midst of your situation, and the enemies of your life shall be scattered. Now, here is another powerful way that you and I can put fear on the run, but then also keep it on the run. Amen? Turn over to 1 John chapter 4. One of the best ways that I know of to overcome the spirit of fear is to be saturated with the love of God. Everyone say the love of God. God. Notice with me in 1 John, we'll begin at verse 15. 1 John chapter 4, verse 15. We'll get this introduced and we'll talk about it here uh, next week as well. 
But notice in 1 John chapter 4, verse 15, it says, Whosoever, well, I'm a whosoever, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. Verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect or herein is our love coming to a place of maturity that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we. Where? It's another confession to make. Say it with me. As he is, so am I in this world. One more time. As he is, so am I in this world. And we have known and we have faith in the love of God. The love of God. I have faith that love loves me. Now notice verse 18. It says, there is no fear. How much fear? He delivered me from all of my fears. So there is no fear. There's no fear here. Why? Because I've got a revelation absolutely how much my father loves me. My fa- I'm in my father's hand. And my father is greater than all. And he's your daddy. He's my daddy. I got a question for you today. Who's your daddy? Your daddy's daddy God. Your daddy is your father God. And now listen to this. There is no fear in love. But perfect love, or a person that is maturing in this understanding, in this revelation, this perfect love will cast out all fear. When fear is cast out, that means fear is on the run. Amen? Perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear has what? We've all been tormented, have we not? How did you feel when you've been tormented? Did you feel good? No. Did you feel at peace? No. No. Uh-uh. The spirit of fear is not designed to build you up. The spirit of fear will always present to you the worst case scenario. Okay? There's no fear in love. But perfect love, it cast out fear. He that feareth... Now notice this. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now don't get under condemnation if there's some fears in your life. Just grow in your understanding of how much God loves you. And then you'll get to a point where you understand there's no fear anymore in my life. Now, I love the Amplified. Will you look at that with me? Amplified version. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. Get dread out of your mouth. Well, I just dread going to work. I just dread getting on that jet. Get rid of dread. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete and perfect love turns fear out of doors. And I love this. And expels every trace of terror. 
For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. Now listen, when you and I grow in this, and when we develop in this understanding, we will have zero fear. A good friend of mine, Keith Moore, said it like this. If the devil can't scare you, he can't stop you. What is it in life that God's called you to do? What are the things, the dreams that he's placed in your heart? You see, great and effectual doors will be opened unto us. Golden opportunities will be afforded to us. But just because there's the opportunity, just because there's the open door, does not mean that there will not be many adversaries. And on your path in life, you got to keep moving. You got to keep walking. And you got to keep treading on serpents and scorpions because the good news is if he can't scare you, he cannot stop you. Whoo, glory to God. If he can't scare you, he cannot stop you. Look at your neighbor and say, no fear. No fear here. So we are set free from the spirit of fear And what a golden opportunity that we have to receive communion today. Amen? Amen. Because in communion, what we are reminded of is what Jesus did for us. When you take the bread today, and we're going to receive communion here in a moment. When you take the bread today, and you break that bread, this should remind you of the fact that by his wounds you have been healed. That Jesus himself came over 2,000 years ago and hung on Calvary's cross and became your substitute. What he took, you don't need to take. What you are redeemed from, you don't have to have any curse in your life. Amen. Amen. And then, oh, the blood. Say it with me, oh, the blood. How do we overcome? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and what? The word, the rhema, the spoken word of our testimony. So we're going to testify today, amen, Amen. that we are free. And whom the Son has set free, free, he is free indeed.